Surrendered willingly, was abandoned by his father and forsaken of him, so that he would draw people to him. We deemed it a hit worth dying on to give eternal life, a hill that requires the cost. Sacrifice in total surrender, victory is won. Yielding to the Father's will, it is a hill worth dying That same cross, where with the full price of sin, the cross displays it all. The more I know of death in him, know his life in me. So I lay it all down at his feet. It is a hill worth dying on. Jimmy said, "Times made a change. I remember when you didn't have that, you could get up and down easily easier." Yeah. Oh man, it's been a good week so far. As we got a friend of mine asked me, he said, "You know, or he didn't ask. He said this. He said, you preachers got it made the next two weeks. You got, you know what to preach on." Palm Sunday and Easter. And I said, yeah, that's true. But sometimes it's not as easy as you think it is. And I said, we get distracted a lot of times. We get reading. And I'm going to share a story about distraction. Uh, Genesis had one of her first T-ball games this week. 
and uh, uh, she hit the ball. She was running the base. She got to third base and hit the ball. She was running in halfway to home plate. She stops just dead in her track and looks down at the chalk on the ground. She reaches down and she starts to rub it and and looks at her hands and goes and rubs it. Then she walks along the line. The other little player behind her is like, he passes her. <laughs> so Genesis was out. Didn't matter. She walked all the way to the line, walked around, walked, stepping on the chalk. She said, I'd never seen that before. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? So this morning, I want you to, to, to listen to what I got to say, and you can get distracted. But a couple of things I want to share with you. In Matthew chapter 21 is the, is the trial entry uh, of Jesus. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. The title of my sermon this morning is He is Coming. And, and, and think about that. He is coming, so we better be ready. And it says, and when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage and unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two of his disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and seated upon an ass, and the colt of the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and they put their clothes and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he come in Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. You know, it's amazing how some people got it and some people didn't. You know, his, his entry into Jerusalem that day shows us so much about the power of Jesus. And what he had commanded that we we overlook some things and you think about he showed the power he has over nature and mankind because the 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 way it, he he read he rode on the colt an animal that had never been ridden an unbroken animal and they just set their clothes on him and set him on and the animal never got upset now if any of you've ever been around a donkey you understand. That's an amazing thing because donkeys get upset easy and they're a little bit on the stubborn side. So when Jesus is in control, it don't matter how upset you get or how stubborn you are, Jesus is still in control. 
and he he sent them to the village. He says, "You go and you're going to find it." I don't. It doesn't say anywhere that they thought that was amazing. He says, "Go and you'll find it." And if anybody says anything, you just say, "The Lord has need of it." And it says they went and they did. Now, can you imagine when somebody said, "Hey, hey, uh, hey, uh, where are you going with that donkey? The Lord has need of it." Okay. You see, the power that Christ has is more than just when he's sitting right there. It ought to be a reminder that Christ has control over everything, even when you're not right here. You know, it shows us who and, and, and what he was. In 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 32 through 48, David told Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, and some others to take David's servant with him and have Solomon ride his mule into the, into the capital to show that he was king. They, they blew the trumpet when he came in and they said, long live, the king Sol- long live King Solomon. And so here we see that, that when Jesus does this, we have the king, the prophet, and the priest arriving at the same time. So we see some wonderful things. It's a, it's a fulfillment of prophecy here where, where they said this was written. This is in Zechariah chapter 9. So we see a man who's in charge of everything, fulfilling prophecy. But the verse I want to focus on this morning is verse number 10. It says, when he come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. The, the the Greek word here is seo. It means to quake, to tremble, to be agitated. They were upset. What's going on? Who is this that's coming into the city? And they said, it's Jesus. And, you know, I got to think about that. I said, you know, when Jesus shows up, he stirs things up. Amen. And when he shows up at church, people get stirred up. I hope you get stirred If not, you know, when I start preaching, I know you might fall asleep. But hey, if the Lord's here, you ought to be getting stirred up. Now, it's easy to get distracted. So I want you to listen. When Jesus is here, we get stirred up. And some of us, it's an agitation. Some of us, it's because we're upset. And I, I want to share with you a couple of things, you know, how you get moved. One of the ways you get moved is it, it causes removal in your life. And, and I ain't talking about taking sin out of your life. We'll get to that. But I want to tell you about some of us, when Jesus shows up, we want to get removed from him because of the agitation we feel in our heart, because of the, 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 the realization of what we are. We don't want to do it. You know, maybe God has laid on your heart today to serve. You say, well, well, I really don't want to do that because if I serve, I might have to give something up. You know, I know the Lord's been dealing with me, but, but I, I, I'm comfortable where I'm at. How many of you have ever gotten comfortable where you're at? It's easy, isn't it? I, I was sitting there this morning. I was comfortable where I was at. But then with my knee, I had to get up. And it wasn't easy. Let me tell you, when God calls you sometimes, it's not always easy. But you got to get up. you got to quit being comfortable with it. You, you, you know, 
lot of us, what we do is when God calls us, we pull a Jonah and we start running the other way to Tarsus. And, you know, and, and you know that that you know you 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 might be here, you you still might be watching, but your heart is far from God. Because you, the idea of getting closer to him to serve him is a scary thought. Well, what am I going to have to give up? What am I going to have to do? Listen, listen to this. You better be careful so you don't end up in the belly of a fish like Jonah did. Look what it took to get his attention. What might it take to get yours? Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22, it says this. It says, return ye backslidden children, and I will heal your backsliding. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. You, you realize that some of us, when you don't listen to God and you stay comfortable where you're at, really what you're doing is not staying but sliding backwards. When God calls, you should go. Say, well, but preacher, when if he wants me to, what if he called me to be a missionary? And I had, that's, I think that's the biggest fear I've heard. What if he calls me to be a missionary and I have to pack up and leave? Let me tell you, God will give you a joy to do whatever it is he's called you to do. I, I remember when he called me to preach, I'm like, oh, no, Lord, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm content and what I'm doing. So I started working harder, saying, oh, that's what it is. I just need to, uh, I'm happy doing it. I want to work. And let me tell you, it, it, I, I, I was miserable. It's like this. You ever, you ever had to say, hey, I'm going out to eat today. I'm going to go to a steakhouse, and I'm going to get me a big old steak. When they brought you, brought say, well, no steak for you. All you get is a salad. You can fill up on it, but guess what? It's not going to satisfy you. So let me tell you, if God's calling you to do something, you say, well, I'm just going to pray a little more. I'm going to shout a little louder. I might actually raise my hand and say amen every once in a while. It's going to be like that. It ain't going to satisfy until you do what God's called you to do. You've removed yourself from him. But, but maybe you're, you're running like you just don't like to be that close to his presence because when you're that close to his presence, you start realizing the sins in your life and, and you do a prodigal son. You say, well, I'm going to take the blessings God's given me and I'm just going to step back and go do what I want to do. You think about how his life ended up. You know, Luke chapter 15, he, he, he went to his daddy. He said, Daddy, give me what's mine. And, and the father said, okay, I will. I'm going to let you have what's yours. And he went out, and the Bible said this. And in chapter 15, it says, he went and he lived a righteous life. He did whatever he wanted to do. It says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to the field to feed the swines. And he would have faint filled his belly with the husk of the swines that eat. And no man gave unto him. Let, let me tell you something about the prodigal son that's a lot like us. See, see, sometimes we're like, well, God, you know, I just want to go out and live my life. Lord, I want to get away from, from church. I, 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 I've done my shit. 
I've done my time, and I just want to live with the blessings that I got. God says, all right, I'm going to let you. How do I know? I've been there. He said, go ahead, take what you got. You go out in the world, you'll be satisfied for a little bit. But after a while, that blessing that God gave you runs out, and there's a famine in your life. You're like, I don't understand why things don't make me happy anymore. I don't understand why I can't be satisfied anymore. It's because you're not with the Father. You're with the pigs in the pigsty. You know, but praise the Lord, we can do just like the prodigal did. I, I love the story because he says, and he arose. When he came to himself, he arose, and he went to the Father in a long way off. The father saw him. Say the father knew he was going to come back. When you remove yourself from the Lord, you're his. He says, you'll be back. I'm there with you. You're going to be miserable. Because let me tell you, when I got away from God, I was miserable. There's nothing like a child who knows better and they're still doing wrong to realize how miserable you can be. The father welcomed them back. He killed the he, 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 he killed the fatty calf, and he said, let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost, and he's found. Let me tell you, you don't need to be removing yourself. You need to be getting closer to the Father. You need to be getting closer to God. Not only will Jesus move you to be to removal, but he'll also move you to repentance. Amen? And that's the one where I'm talking about your sins. You know, let me ask you a question. What are you crying out today? You think about those people who, as Jesus came into the city, they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. And a few days later, they said, crucify, crucify. Let me tell you, in our life, that's us. There's one day we're hollering, Hosanna, praise Lord, he's my God, he's my Savior. I'm saved to the other. Acting like the rest, saying, crucify him. When you come into the presence of the Lord, the thing is, it reveals the sin in your life. And a lot of us don't like to have sin revealed in our life. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says this, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You can't hide it, amen? You might think you can, but it's going to show up. Yeah, I got a sin of gluttony, it shows up. I figured out why my gout kicked up. Me and Julie went out and ate a steak the other night. I was going to be sweet, take her out to eat. And then I ate some pork last night. And I woke up this morning, my knees swelled up, can't walk. And I said, huh, I wonder why. Sin shows up, amen. You might think you can hide it. You can hide it from all of us. But let me tell you the truth, Jesus knows. Listen to the last, that, that, that proverb. This is, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. When, when sin shows up, let me tell you, God will show it to you. Some of us sit here with pride in our life. Anybody ever had that problem besides me? What about envy, anger, greed, laziness? Or just a host of other sins we got, and it's holding us. Listen to what Isaiah said. Isaiah 59 2 says this But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sin has hid his face from you that he will not hear. Let me tell you, 
it's we we talk more about our sins than we do to the Lord. Today's the day to get rid of those sins in your life. Let me tell you, you know what they are. Many of us know what our sin is, what we're facing. We, we need to do like the psalmist said, as David said in Psalm 51 too. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. We need to be moved to repentance. And that's what we're doing. Say, Lord, get this away from me. Lord, I've let it control me too long. I've let it have me too long. It, it, it's ruined my life. It's making it worse. Help me to get just remove it from me. Maybe, maybe your sin is the, the sin of omission. Anybody ever had that one? You know what the sin of omission is? It's when you're trying to handle your hurts, your problems, and you know God says bring them to Him. And you say, "Well, I got this, God. I don't. My, my problem's not that bad. I mean, look at all these other people who've got these huge things going on. This ain't that bad." I have to ask myself, you know, and, and, and here, here's what it is. And I realize that I said, you know, Lord, it's just gout. It's just this. I've got it. I know what I did wrong. God said, won't you come to me? Why don't you pray about it? Why don't you bring that burden to the altar every once in a while? You know, the, the song, David said in Psalms 55, 22, he says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall not suffer his righteous to be moved. God said, I'll help you through that problem. But let me tell you a secret. When you've got a burden, you've got an illness, you've got a problem that you think you can handle, you know what happens? You get tired. You get weak. You get just beat down. And when that happens, that roaring lion of a devil pounces on you because he knows you're already weak admitted going forward you just by omission you say I'm not even going to bother him with this because it's not that and God says yes it is bring it to me bring it to me Peter said this and if anybody understood the sin of omission it was Peter Lord don't worry when everybody else fails you I'll be there I'll be there what he do he didn't ask for strength. He just said, I'll handle it. I got it. He says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your cares upon him because he careth for you. He understood. Maybe what God's moving you to today is reception. Reception is overcoming and accepting Christ as the Lord and Savior in your life. You know, you can say, well, well, preacher, I, I, I've been saved. And I, I've had people, I go to church and find and Danny, but is he the Lord and Savior of your life? Do you, do you ask like the psalmist said in Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26, where he says, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. How many of us live by that life? How many of you say God is, is everything to me? 
See, if he's your savior, he's forgiven you. But is he? There's a lot of people he's neither. Well, I, I, I you know, I, I, I know, I, I know what it says. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But, you know, preacher, I, I've got a lot of stuff going on. My, I ain't asking you what you got going on. I ain't asking for your pedigree. I'm asking this. Are you saved this morning? Is Jesus Christ the Lord, which means has control over your life, and your Savior? Did you, when you, did you ask him into your life? You know, I, I heard something this morning. It was downright scary. Preacher said this morning, Billy Graham said 75% of church members are probably lost. Did you hear that? 75%. So if we had 100 people in here, about 25% of us would be lost or saved. The other 75 people would be just sitting there going, yeah, wait till the preacher get on to them. So do you really know them when you when you when you confessed with your mouth? Did you believe it in your heart? You know, the Bible says in Romans 10 9, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. See, when Paul wrote that, when you said something, your word meant everything. He said, It shall believe in thine heart. That's the kicker. Is it really a belief in your heart? You just have to do that. Then you ask him into your heart. Let me tell you, it's an amazing thing to watch God work in someone's life who's truly saved. There's a joy about them. There's a peace about them. Oh, I don't mean they're perfect. Amen. I know that. I know that for a fact. I ain't perfect. I asked Jesus in my heart when I was when it was 1976, 7 p.m. Uh, October 10th, I asked him in my heart. What I said, I didn't know nothing. I didn't understand the Bible. But praise God, he, he, he works. I mean, he's still working on me. I, I've not always followed. I've been the prodigal son and said, hey, I got this. And he says, go ahead. But you know what? He was always there. When I was in the pig pen, guess who was had my back? He's still tugging at my heart. I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. Being saved is not perfect by any choice. You know what being saved is? I'm assured where I'm going. If you was to take your last breath this Palm Sunday, where would you spend eternity? And if the question's anything but in heaven, I might, you need to be in the altar. If you're watching this, you need to be on your knees. Say, so I'm still not sure. Send us a message and we'll call you. We'll get somebody on the phone to talk to you. If I have to, I'll come to your house. All you need to do is you need to pray a prayer like this. Say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need you. Lord, I can't get to heaven without you coming to my life. Cleanse me. Make me a new creature in Christ. Save me. Thank you for loving me. Amen. But when you say it, you better mean it. 
This morning, I think one of the things he needs to do for some of us, because boy, we look, we some of us look just like, boy, you, you ain't had a smile on your face in a while. He needs to move us to rejoicing. Amen. You you think about something. We're fixing to celebrate the most holy week of the year. I urge you, I challenge you to read the, the story of the crucifixion every day from the time he comes into the city to the time he says it is finished. Every day this week and this Saturday night read up until his tomb opens up. I challenge you to and realize that there's times during this week our Lord and Savior he, he's got one thing on his mind, and that's you. That's me. He's thinking about us. He's doing it all for us. We ought to, we ought to rejoice. You know, we, we, we ought to, if you look at verse 9, when it says, Blessed is he that come in the name of the Most High. So we can paraphrase it. It says, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Most High. We can say, Praise the Lord, we're saved to the uttermost. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. You ought to be smiling. You ought to be praising one because what he does. Listen to this, First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Just tell people what Christ does for you. Listen to the next verse. So this is going to get some of you. Sing unto him. Sing psalms under him. Talk ye of all this wondrous work. Just break out psalms. So preacher, I can't sing. I can't either. And Gina still lets me stay up here on this stage with her. Praise us to God. Why you ought to be rejoicing just because he is God. Listen, listen, the psalmist had it right in Psalms 145, verse 3. He says, Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, that his greatness is unsearchable. You can't understand it, but let me tell you, he's great, he's awesome, he's everything you need, amen? That ought to get you excited. If you ain't, got, if you ain't been excited in a while, just think about who we're here to worship today. It ain't the new clothes you got on. It ain't the hairstyle you got. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. Amen. He picked me up. He established my goings, put my foot on a firm foundation. And once while I might slip, but he still picks me back up. Amen. He's that loving of a God. Put a smile on your face. Say, he's my Savior. Amen. So it might hurt. It might. You ain't smiled in a while. It might hurt, but you can do it. You can actually shout, say amen. Tell you what, look at that person beside you. Smile at him and says, Jesus loves you. Amen. He loves me, so he got to love you too. We ought to be grateful for the mercy and the grace that he gives us. Listen to this, Titus chapter 3. Starting in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. You realize who Titus is talking to? He's talking to the church here. 
Paul said, listen, we were all like this. He said, but after that, the kindness of our love of our God and Savior towards men appeared. Not by works of righteousness which he has done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration, by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Whew, we get grace, amen. We get mercy when you mess up. That's the kind of God we're serving. You want to shout Hosanna? Think of that. He forgives you. I want to close with this. So the king's coming. Let me tell you, he was unexpected that day. But he's coming soon. He's going to be unexpected. What are you going to do? You know, my question is, will you treat him as king or you talk to him like he's a criminal that's up to each and every one of us i want to say hosanna praise you god every head bowed every eye closed heavenly father lord as we come to you this palm sunday lord i pray you, you move us agitate us shake us up whatever it takes father to wake us up to be prepared for your return Father, it could be today. It could be this week. Oh, Lord, it could be Easter Sunday as we get ready to celebrate a tomb that busts open. You might bust open the sky and call the church home. So, Heavenly Father, let us be ready. Let us be moved. Let us be agitated. Whatever it takes to get us on fire. Father, we might not have very long till you come back. Some of us need to be on our knees asking for forgiveness. Some of us need to be on our knees asking for help. Some of us need to be on our knees pleading for the souls of our loved ones. But Father, whatever we need, agitate us this morning. Father, have your way in this invitation. Lord, just wake us up and let us realize you're coming home to get us soon. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet as we sing page 105, the altar is open.
shout and praise and, and he, he goes and cleanses the temple. And I want you to think about the emotions that were going on that day. As he sees these people who place Hosanna with bless you, praise you, knowing in their heart his heart that some of them don't mean My question for you leave today is do you mean what you say? When you say I'm a Christian, you're saying I'm Christ. Think about that today. <coughs> this week I pray, like I said, I challenge you to read the read the account in each gospel. Just do it one every day. To start over again. And focus on remember, Jesus did all that for you. For you. When you mess up, he still said, I'm doing it. much he loves us. And if he carries us coming the next Sunday we get to be together, we'll celebrate it too. That was it. He dies on the cross for our sins. And he comes back to give us eternal life. We spend eternity with him. How many of us are worthy? <laughs> None. Praise God we get to celebrate that. Maybe next Sunday he'll come and get us. And we can celebrate in heaven with him. Amen. We'll be done with everything. Just be praising the Lord with him. But if he don't. Gracious Heavenly Father, Master, as we bow before you today. Father, we're so thankful for your love and your mercy. Your grace that you have shed upon each one of us. Father, we feel so unworthy this morning to call upon your name. But we know without a shadow of a doubt, Father, that you love us. You gave your life that we could have life. There as you came into this one, knowing that all the time that you was going to Calvary. There you would be lifted up between heaven and earth. There you would shed your blood that our sins might be forgiven. As you entered into Jerusalem on that day, all those people would shout. <coughs> Just a short time later, the same people, <coughs> the same crucified. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless each one of us. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us the desire to stand and be the child of God you'd have us to be. We could be that witness <laughs> in this world today because this world needs witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one here this morning, Father, that's not sure where they stand with you, may they today before the sun sets be right. <coughs> Make sure that they know you as Lord and Savior. Bless again the church. Bless each one that's come this way. Bless Brother Steve and his family. Father, we thank you, Lord, for 16 years that he's been here. And we pray, Master, that you'll give us 
16 more could be your will. But Father, have your way in our hearts and lives and forgive us, Master, where we need you. And love us freely for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.